0: Last week, we did the top 10 best Hell in a Cell matches. And Kevin, we had a bit of fun doing it. Some positivity, going through the best of Hell in a Cell. Generally, Hell in a Cell has had quite the array of pretty good matches over the years. Well, today, we're doing much the opposite. We're going through the top 10 worst Hell in a Cell matches ever. So this video, Naturally, it's going to go about probably 10 minutes longer than the other one. Kevin, are are you hyped? Are you gassed to go over the top 10 worst Hell in a Cell matches ever, pal? I'm
1: ready. I mean, we've had, what, 45 Hell in a Cell matches in history. So there's bound to be at least 10 stickers in there. And there's some that are really bad. And then there's some that are just kind of bad. But we're here to focus on all of that. And I can't wait. This is going to be a lot of fun.
0: Yep, absolutely. So I think without any further ado, let's just jump right into this Um. For an honorable mention, we're just going to throw this in because this is, I mean, technically kind of a Hell in a Cell to an extent. Kevin, I'm passing the baton to you on this one. The Kennel from Hell match between Al Snow and the Big Boss Man. Walk us through this one because it deserves a mention of some kind.
1: Yeah, this definitely deserves a mention. It's not technically a Hell in a Cell match, but uh, this was called, you know, a Kennel from Hell match. And this is like maybe a week or two or three or three weeks after Big Boss Man fed Al Snow his dog on live TV. You heard that right. Big Boss Man fed Al Snow his dog. Now that's what WWE was or WWF was doing back in the late 90s. That, that's the attitude era that we all know and love. And literally what this match was was two grown men fighting inside of a UFC like structure with canine animals at ringside, just chilling, looking vicious, you know? That was it. Like, for some reason, there's just big police dogs at ringside while Big Boss Man and Al Snow are fighting because Al Snow is upset that he had to eat his dog. So, yeah, pretty raunchy. Doesn't need to be talked about any more than it already has been.
0: Yeah, so, yeah, I mean, that one, just, we're throwing that out, as honorable mention now, to get into the top ten, okay, so, just to preface this list, the top five or so, we feel are pretty damn objective. And then 6 through 10, they're bad in their own unique way. So kicking us off at number 10, we've got Roman Reigns and Braun Strowman from Hell in a Cell 2018, Kevin. This one, look, personally, I don't have like the worst memories of it. It's not like a match I think, oh my god, I'd rather be dead before I watch that match again. But the fact of the matter is, it went for 23 odd minutes between Reigns and Strowman, which... The best Reigns and Strowman matches are like 10 minutes then just baiting the crap out of each other. This went for 23. And the whole point of the match, Kevin, was, Oh my God, guys, look, Mick Foley's the referee. Guys, Mick Foley is the, ge- Mick Foley's the guest referee there, John. Mick Foley's the referee there, Kevin. That's all this match was. And then Brock just ripped the door off and that was it. Like, Kevin, the, what was this?
1: Well, Brock came out. That's the only thing I remember is Brock coming out and beating up both guys. And then it was like a no contest, I believe, if I, if my memory serves me correct. Yes. Correct. And like yes. the whole thing about this too is Braun Strowman was coming off a, a mediocre tag team run with a 10 year old boy at WrestleMania, whatever, 32, 34, whatever it was. And now he's just, he's here in a title match against Roman Reigns. And why did Brock Lesnar beat them both up? Like what did this set up? Brock and Strowman at Saudi Arabia? Is that, is that what the purpose was? No,
0: this, this set up Reigns against Strowman against Lesnar at Saudi showdown crowns or whatever show it was. And then, before that match actually happened, like, two weeks before, Reigns had to go off with the leukemia situation. So, this whole time period for the Universal title was a bit of a mess. Reigns had just overcome Lesnar after a year and a half of trying to feud with him. And now we got this, like, tough.
1: Yeah, he Reigns overcame Lesnar because Lesnar got distracted by a Braun Strowman interference at SummerSlam. Yeah, this was, like, a clouded WWE Universal title picture. Uh, definitely a far cry from where we are, just two and a half years later, going into Hell in a Cell 2021. But yeah, this match, I mean, it's here mainly because there's just nothing memorable about this. Like, it wasn't an awful match. The the finish was lame. Uh, It just, it felt forced. There was really no need to have this match at all.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So this one comes in number 10. And as I said, not every one of these top 10 is built like the other. Like, I mean, this one is not the best, bit of a dodgy ending. Match wasn't the greatest, but... Nowhere near as bad as the top few. So yeah, that's number 10. Kevin, moving on to number nine. I'll try and make you put a lid on this one. So I know you could go on about this for half an hour at number nine. We've got Randy Orton versus Seamus for the WWE championship and yeah. Helena Cell 2010. I'll preface this before I pass the baton to you. This was naked Randy Orton in 2010, <laughs> walking around, having a feud with Seamus who'd been in the company about a year for the WWE title. This is amidst the cena main eventing, every show, beating the Nexus. You've got, Hell in a Cell match with Randy Orton and Sheamus Kevin walk us through this one
1: Yeah you've got Cena burying Alex Riley Because Alex Riley didn't shake his hand at, at Backstage at a house show in Canada And then you've got penis Randy Orton Running wild terrorizing Writers and women in backstage After doing like Coke and strippers then he's out there Having a match with Sheamus And like okay well, like what is this Why, why is Randy Orton For Sheamus a WWE title match Like who thought this was a good idea? This was the WWE title picture again in 2010, very similar to 2018. Why did this match take place? What purpose did it serve? Why was Randy Orton champion when John Cena was clearly the top guy and CM Punk was the clear number two? Why is Randy Orton champion? Uh, I'll never know. You know that whatever you know, whatever. It's just Penis Orton beating up an Irish man with a mohawk. Like that's really what this match was.
0: Oh, that's great. Yeah, this match is is just so not memorable. It's just, you look at all the Hell in a Cell matches, like, you go through them, near enough, everyone from the 2000s, outside of, like, two, was, like, memorable, really good. Obviously, the ones from the late 90s are all just, like, historic and iconic. And even most, a bunch of them from the 2010s are good. This match, you don't remember a thing from it. I'm sure someone's going to comment, I I remember this match. This is my fourth favourite match of 2010, like i sure someone out there exists like that, but my God, this was just dead. So that's number nine. Moving on, Kevin, number eight. And Another one for you to uh, give us a bit of content on. The Undertaker versus Randy Orton from Armageddon 05. Now, once again, this isn't like the all-time worst match ever, but my God, Kevin, you've got Bob Orton nearly giving The Undertaker AIDS. I mean, come on. Th- th- this deserves a top 10 spot.
1: Yeah, you got cowboy Bob Orton, the father of Randy Orton involved in this match, getting beat up, getting busted open. I don't know if it was hard way or if he bladed, but he ended up bleeding all over Undertaker and he had some sort of STD. I don't know if it was herpes or if it was chlamydia or something like that. And the Undertaker almost con- uh, contracted this virus. And uh, oh my God. C- could you imagine? <laughs> could you just imagine if like WWE's <coughs> top guy gets an STD? <laughs> On a pay per view, like (laughs) what this would have done for wrestling, I could—I don't even know that. that, Maybe that's a fun "what if." Maybe I just got a video idea. I'm going to make a video called "What If the Undertaker Contracted a STD in 2005." (laughs) Stay tuned for that on my channel, there, pal. Yeah, I mean this match. (laughs) Yeah, it's memorable in the sense that yeah, Undertaker almost contracted a virus from Randy Orton's father. Other than that, I can't tell you if if Randy Orton did a hip toss at at the three minute seven second timestamp. I can't tell you if Undertaker terrorized Randy Orton in the mirror of a bathroom in a locker room on SmackDown <laughs> leading up to, to this. I, I, I don't know what happened. Like this was the end, the finally the end of what a a year long feud, li- literally a year long feud. Like people thought Seth Rollins versus the Mysterio family was long. This was Seth Rollins and Mysterio before Seth Rollins versus the Mysterio family. Good God! And then it, it just got worse here for Randy Orton uh, in two thousand six. But we don't want to go into
0: that so yeah yeah we'll say that for the video on your channel but yeah th- th- to, to give a modern example this is essentially what they tried to do recently with randy orton and the fiend you have randy orton against this like supernatural entity for like n- the better part of a year like granted orton and the fiend just turned into alexa bliss doing voodoo with a tiara but i mean this was just i mean bob orton nearly ended undertaker's career so th- that's a great great way of putting this on the list and uh, moving on to number seven this one features the undertaker again which I mean, this is his last mention on this list because he's been involved in a lot of great ones. This one needs to be mentioned, though, Kevin. The Undertaker versus Big Boss Man at WrestleMania 15, which, if you don't remember, (laughs) this one is pretty much only remembered for Undertaker hanging Big Boss Man from the cell and Michael Cole screaming, It's a white noose! Is, Is it symbolic, King? Is it symbolic? He's hanging the Corporation King! That's legit all this was, Kevin. W- can I get you to walk us through this one? Because, my God, this was abysmal.
1: Yeah, you got Undertaker. He's, what, like 34 at the time versus Big Boss Man. It's like 42. So these are some middle-aged men here at WrestleMania. This is a show of shows, mind you. This The match that followed this match is Stone Cold versus The Rock for the first time in WrestleMania. The co-main event is The Undertaker hanging Big Boss Man on noose. And you got Michael Cole. It's symbolic, Kang. It's symbolic yeah th- I mean you talk about hell in the sub matches that have taken place in Wrestlemania this is by and large the worst one it, you know it, it's not even close I, I, I mean uh, god, oh, yeah. I, I don't even yeah. know like like, bro y- you look at this this gets a pass because it happened in the Attitude Era and Big Bossman is no longer around but if this happened in like 2018 oh, god. oh, it, oh my god WWE would never be able to live it down
0: god you, you have just youtube reviews bruce bruce what, what is this bruce and you have people like yelling oh you know i want vince mcmahon dead for this i hope wb stocks crashes to zero i hope wb goes out of business how how to disgusting a wb and grant you had those people back then you know that loud vocal minority was saying that back then but my god i mean this was if they did this nowadays oh my god they'd lose every brand deal they have so yeah, this was just bad. That's number seven, Kevin. Moving on to number six, this this one's straight out of your era before we get into the top five, or which are all ones from my kind of fandom. This one, number six, DX, so it doesn't sound too bad, versus The McMahons and Big Show at Unforgiven 2006. Kevin, wow. Um, There's a lot to say about this one. I'll let you do all the talking for here. Yeah,
1: this but- one's right from my childhood. I was a young man... And heavily invested in WWE programming in 2006. DX, I mean, you had two of my favorite wrestlers, Triple H and Shawn Michaels reuniting. And then they're feuding with what, what are they feuding with? Male cheerleaders, Vince McMahon and his, what, 36 year old son and big show like that. This was like a, an eight month feud where you had Vince and wrestling God on pay per view. And then, you know, Triple H is there. And now we got this hell in a cell match. And really the only thing that's notable from this match. Is two 40-year-old men shoving Vince McMahon's head up Big Show's ass. That that's the noteworthy thing that happened on this on this match. You got Vince McMahon's bloody face after being in Big Show's ass, and he's just like shocked. That's the face, that's the meme from this match. Nothing else happened. You had maybe Dolph Ziggler, aka Nikki from the Spears Squad super kicking Shawn Michaels. That's probably the only other thing that happened in this match. Just god, I mean brutal. You talk about a joke, like this was an attempt at comedy and it just failed.
0: Oh, that's so bad. And to think people want Nikki from the Spirit Squad to dethrone Roman Reigns. I've had comments saying that. Wow. <laughs> Jesus Christ almighty. Okay, so that's that's DX versus the McMahons and the Big Show. <laughs> I love this video. Okay, and moving on to number five, we've got this one, which is literally a month into my viewing fandom. John Cena versus CM Punk versus Alberto Del Rio for the WWE Championship at 2011's Hell in a Cell. Kevin, we did a whole video reacting to this and how it was one of the worst endings, in our opinion, ever. Because if you don't remember, this was WWE doing their take on police brutality, featuring Triple H beating up a defenseless, handcuffed R <laughs> Truth on the ground, kicking him. This was that ending. So, Kevin, you've got this time period where we've just had the summer of Punk, okay? CM Punk is. He has the most momentum of any wrestler in the world, at least he should have, but WWE tried to kill it. He, he, he wins against Cena at SummerSlam, Alberto El Patron cashes in, just so WWE could sell some more tickets on a Mexico live event tour in September. And then they do Night of Champions, Triple H just beats CM Punk for whatever reason. And two weeks later, there's a Hell in a Cell pay-per-view just because, and we get Cena versus Punk versus Alberto Del Rio and it's this 15-minute random... The, the dynamic here didn't work at all. These guys don't mesh as a as a collective three. Punk and Cena mesh. Del Rio doesn't click with any of this. you just got... Del Rio's just there, and then you got Ricardo Rodriguez, I think. He might have been there. He might not have been. I don't really care. And then you have this ending, Kevin, where Awesome Truth invade the cell as if they're retribution, and then The Miz is wearing the most skin-tight T-shirt <laughs> you'll ever see, And then they get arrested and Triple H is beating up a defenseless black man on the ground. This was awful. (laughs) This is number five. It could have been number two. Kevin, what do you think?
1: Yeah, this definitely deserves to kick off our top five. Yeah, you could put this at number two, three. You could put this anywhere. This match is terrible. From start to finish. The ending, one of the worst endings in wrestling history. Like, it's, it's just on a short list of the worst match endings in history. It was so bad. I mean, come on. You got... You got Miz and R-Truth with batons Beating up referees While you have Teddy Long shaking a cage Gently trying to get in Trying to stop the evil Miz and R-Truth First of all who's going to be scared of the Miz Bro come on Uh, look at the Miz You're going to be scared of the Miz If the Miz showed up the same way he was dressed At this 2011 pay-per-view If he showed up at a mall And was like put your hands up this is a robbery You turned around and you saw that version of the Miz behind you You would laugh No, No way there's no way you're giving that guy your money Come on
0: we're supposed to believe that as Vince says himself, the WB's Ryan Seacrest could pull off uh, a hit and run arrest angle. Like we're like, what, what is this, bro? Absolute crap, absolute trash, absolute filth. This was bad. And the fact that I see people actively I, I still see when we did that video, that could that video got a decent amount of dislikes. People genuinely thought that was good. Like that ending this match. I I don't know how. This this is when I have my rose-colored glasses on as an eight-year-old kid of, oh my God, everything WWE does is good. Even then, I was like, what am I watching? Why are these two men having an arrest angle to close a Summer of Punk pay-per-view? What is this? So yeah, that that's number five, Kevin. Unless you have anything else to say, I think we move on to number four.
1: Yeah, I think it's uh, it's time for us to move on. There's another one. This one here is another one right from your wheelhouse, so take it away.
0: Okay, so number four, we've got... <sighs> CM Punk versus Ryback and Paul Heyman. <laughs> um, this was at t- Hell and Cell 2013, which, if you don't remember that pay-per-view, that's the one where Brian beat Randy on for the third straight pay-per-view, but then got stripped of the title like the day after. That was, that was one of those pay-per-views. So, mm-hmm. you got CM Punk. <sighs> this whole thing was ridiculous. So, they do Punk and Brock at SummerSlam, a match everyone loves, one of my favourite matches ever. It was amazing. And WWE go, okay, what can we do with CM Punk? Let's have him continue this Heyman feud, only instead of Brock Lesnar, a guy who everyone wants to see Russell Punk, let's have CM Punk wrestle against Curtis Axel and Ryback. Kevin, who wouldn't want to see that? So, we get a match at Night of Champions, I believe, which was Punk versus Curtis Axel and Paul Heyman, just the matchup everyone wanted to see. And then Punk just beat them both. Then in Hell in a Cell, we get CM Punk versus Paul Heyman and his steroided-up, meathead best friend Ryback. This is about, uh, was this a few weeks after, or maybe a year after, Ryback dropped CM Punk, quote-unquote, onto a table, and Punk missed the table altogether and broke his ribs on the on the concrete floor. That was this time period, Kevin. So we get Punk, Ryback, Heyman, one of the least memorable Hell in Cell matches ever. All I remember was Paul Heyman in a tracksuit, Like, uh, trying to open the door, he's, like, crying. Same punk Punk's got a kendo stick. you got Ryback, like, (laughs) This sucked. This was really bad. And do have any memories from this, but, I mean, this is bad.
1: I I don't remember anything from this at all. Like, nothing. The only thing I remember is watching this thinking, Why are they building a match between Ryback and Punk again? And why is Paul Heyman involved? Like, that's all I could think. It's like, you can't get Brock Lesnar, because he's got, at that point, was wrestling two matches a year. So why are we having this? I don't know. But nevertheless, let's move on to number three. Another PG-era classic, if you will. Seth Rollins versus Dean Ambrose from Hell in a Cell 2014. Realistically, this match was good. It was a good work rate match. No doubt about it. Rollins and Dean Ambrose, two of the very best in the business. Great athletes, great in ring. The ending was just silly, to say the least. You had Bray Wyatt just show up out of nowhere. Sister Abigail Ambrose. Well, you have a scared Rollins looking on. First of all, why is Rollins scared of Bray Wyatt? Bray Wyatt could not beat anybody in 2014. And then, like, the the whole idea was WWE needed somebody for Bray Wyatt to squash so he could face Undertaker at WrestleMania 31. So they just fed him Dean Ambrose, and he beat Dean Ambrose in, like, two straight pay-per-views after this.
0: Kevin, you've got to give some context to this, okay? Ambrose and Rollins was, like, the big breakout feud of the two biggest up-and-comers in the company in 2014. This this began at, like, June 1st, I believe, when Rollins ended the Shield. And they did this long-winded storyline. This had gone for months and months and months. I don't think people quite remember, but all 2014 was, through the guts, was Ambrose and Cena versus the authority of Orton, Rollins, Kane, and J&J every week for, like, six months. And you get this big payoff, Kevin, Where the the, the Hell in a Cell match between Ambrose and Rollins. Rollins has been running from Ambrose for months. Can Ambrose get his hands on Rollins? Like, six months of this we dealt with, Kevin. And the payoff was, oh my god, Ambrose and Rollins are climbing the side of the cell. Oh my god, they both jumped off the cell at the same time. Oh, they both went through separate announce tables. Oh my god, there's a lantern. Oh my god, is that Bray Wyatt? Oh, Rollins wins. Oh, that's it.
1: Yeah, you got Bray Wyatt's lantern, (laughs) like, calls the finish for this match. Yeah, yeah, the the context is important. Rollins and Ambrose, yes, this was a big feud. We're like, what, three, four months removed from Rollins breaking up the shield. And yeah, this is what we get. We get just WWE sacrificing Dean Ambrose so Bray Wyatt could look strong to get squashed by Undertaker at WrestleMania. And this match was like, yeah, it's just, it's not good. There's no rewatchability. It's very deserving of being in the top five.
0: Yeah, and plus, just really quick, this is uh, like six months or like five months after John Cena's just AA'd Bray Wyatt through a crate at payback and literally buried him for a 10 count. And this is supposed to be the Bray Wyatt who, oh my god, everyone's afraid of Bray Wyatt. Like, no. Like, Bray Wyatt had just spent two months feuding with Chris Jericho in the mid card. And all of a sudden, this guy is ending pay-per-views, supposed to be like the big, oh my god, it's Bray Wyatt. Like, stop, get out of here, sir. That's number three, Kevin. Moving on to number two. This one, my God! Uh I'll get your thoughts, and I'll, I'll go number two. We've got CM Punk versus Ryback for the WWE Championship at Hell in Cell 2012. Kevin, walk us through this one.
1: Oh God, just stupid ending again. I mean, that's kind of the common theme here with these matches. The last four, no, the last, yeah, the last four we talked about have all had terrible endings. Again, you have Brad Maddox as a special guest referee. He's punching Ryback, and we get this story. That just like spawned from this where Punk is feuding with Brad Maddox. Okay? I know, I know what you're asking. Who is Brad Maddox? Brad Maddox is the guy that's infamously known for his relationship with Paige. And that's it. And he had a feud with CM Punk. Somehow this guy had a feud with CM Punk. CM Punk's one of the greatest wrestlers ever. And you'd be hard pressed to figure out why when you look at some of the things that the guy has been forced to do or did or whatever. I mean, we talked about feuding with Curtis Axel and Ryback and Paul Heyman. A year prior, he's feuding with Brad Maddox. That This guy, he was kind of like the Constable Corbin. That was kind of like his role back in 2012. He would just come out there and be like, yeah, we're going to have a match. It's going to be CM Punk versus Jobber number two in the main event. And then this guy is feuding with the biggest star in the company in 2012. It didn't make any sense. Go ahead.
0: Kevin, to give a modern example... This would be the same as if you have Roman Reigns versus whoever in a pay-per-view, and you've got like, it's not sort of like Adam Pearce is the referee, and you've got Adam Pearce like punching Reigns' babyface challenger in the balls, and then Reigns just pins them. That's essentially kind of what they, like what it would be. Because you've got CM Punk, and stuff like this is why I don't consider his 434-day reign, despite the fact that I'm one of the biggest Punk fans out there, I don't consider that reign as like a goaded title reign because of stuff like this. This whole heel part of Punk's run was him. He'd kick Bret Hart in the head for some reason. He'd yell at Jerry Waller and make him have a heart attack. And he'd, he'd punch Vince McMahon. And you get to the pay-per-view, Hell in a Cell. And you've got CM Punk try- running around, trying to escape Ryback inside the cage for 10 minutes. And then the ending to the match is Brad Maddox, a guy who all he's known for is holding a camera, filming a relationship relationship between Xavier Woods and Paige and you get a low blow from Brad Maddox to Ryback's balls. Ryback, a guy who'd spent six months hitting shell shocked on three scrawny midgets from some local indie fed, pinning three people at once. Punk ends Ryback's momentum and WWE ends momentum with that. Punk retains and then Ryback just shell shocks him on top of the cell to end the show. Awful. One of the worst matches of Hell in a Cell history. Terrible. Just awful, Kevin. Awful.
1: Yes, absolutely. And it's time now to talk about the singular worst, objectively the worst Hell in a Cell match ever.
0: A masterpiece, Kevin. It's a masterpiece.
1: <laughs> oh, God. I knew. I, I was waiting for you to say it. Yeah. So, um, this is like a top five worst match, I would say, in WWE history, at least top, it, top 10 consideration. This match was terrible. The Fiend versus Seth Rollins, Hell in a Cell 2019. God, where do you start with this? Again, the ending was terrible. All of our top five matches have had terrible endings. You have the Fiend versus Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins is in the middle of what, like, a seven-month Universal title reign at this point, where he's not even
0: not it. We'll go into the title reign in a moment, but yeah, go on. Go
1: oh, that's, on. that's right. He lost the title and then won it back. I forgot about that. So he wins the title back from Brock Lesnar, and you know he's coming off of tag teaming with his wife Becky Lynch against Baron Corbin and Lacey Evans. Then here he's thrown into this random match with the Fiend and. What is this? Like, what did this match do for anyone? It ended in a ref stoppage in like a disqualification because Seth Rollins was beating the fiend, this unstoppable just entity. He's beating him up too much with a chair and like kendo sticks. So the ref calls it. This match was so bad that I was good. I was almost done with wrestling for good. I guarantee if the pandemic didn't happen in 2020, I would never watch wrestling again because of this match. It it, was, it was that bad.
0: But, but it was a master pace. Kevin, 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 like, here's the thing. Because it's Bray Wyatt, you can concoct a number of different narratives about it and try and justify it as being good. And that's where the masterpiece thing came from. But the fact of the matter is, Beth Rollins, he had one of the worst top, like, years as a top guy in wrestling history. He just, he beat Brock Lesnar in 90 seconds at WrestleMania to win the title. And had a run for three months, teaming with his wife as he's the man's man against the Burger King Corbin, or sorry, the Constable Corbin, whatever he was at that time, and Lacey Evans. And then he beat Brock Lesnar at SummerSlam again, because Seth Rollins needs to beat Lesnar twice. And then, what did Seth Rollins have to do coming out of SummerSlam, Kevin? Man- many people say, oh, well, Rollins went straight into the Fiend feud. No, he didn't. Seth Rollins is in a tag team with our white trash redneck hick Brawl with the Fiend in Rollins' grill in the corner. Rollins is like sobbing to end episodes of Raw. It's like, okay, this is our th- threatening babyface champion cowering and whimpering, sobbing in the corner. And then we get the hell in the cell, Kevin. Yeah. We get to hell in the cell between Fiend and Rollins. And uh, and people still be like, oh well, the match should have been in the cell. Why? If you're gonna have a uh, no contest finish. Just don't have a cell, Kevin. They've been feuding for three weeks. It wasn't hard. But then WWE do it in the cell. And the initial planned ending was Rollins throwing the fiend off the top of the cell through the table. That would have been good. That would have actually been like a, oh my God moment. But no, but no. What they do is they have Seth Rollins hitting that 16 curb stomps, getting a toolbox, a mallet, a chair. We have the referee calling a no contest, Kevin. You've got the crowd in Sacramento chanting "We want refunds, AEW." Okay, you've got the crowd chanting AEW, and people want to say this isn't the worst Hell in a Cell match, or even one of the worst pay per view endings ever. You've got Seth Rollins, who is as uncool as it gets at the time, hitting this fe- this unstoppable monster with seventeen curb stomps and like a mallet in a toolbox, and the match is a no contest. And you have got X Park on WWE.com's <laughs> Hell in a Cell Watch Along saying some of the worst things he's ever seen, and then he gets banned from doing watch-alongs for the, for the rest of the time. And you have a bunch of WWE catering personnel, be like, oh my god, this is really good, just so they can keep their job and keep getting a paycheck. Kevin, this was by far the worst Hell in Cell match ever. This was awful. The fact that I the fact that I had to watch this live made me feel sick. This, this is one of the worst things I've ever seen. I hate it. Okay, Kevin, there is nothing redeemable about this. The fact that this is called a masterpiece... That is a blight on wrestling YouTube. That is a joke. This was awful, Kevin. Awful.
1: Yeah, um, unbelievable. I mean, Shane McMahon probably heard about that ending with Bray Wyatt coming off the top of the cell and just nixed it. He's like, yeah, bro, you're not taking my, my, my stuff, man. That's my shtick. I, only I jump off the cell. So, I mean, God, this ending was so bad. I already said it. I didn't watch wrestling after this for like four months. Yeah, I would, was not going to come back. I mean, I was, I felt like, at this point, wrestling had passed me by, like I was just too old to be watching it like I was watching it and I felt a disconnect like this is just not for me anymore. I'm missing something here. Why is Seth Rollins beating up the fiend? like how are we supposed to take Seth Rollins serious when he's literally being cucked out on live TV by his wife? We're supposed to take him serious as he's beating up this supernatural being like that that's like if Val Venus was in a feud with The Undertaker back in 1998. And the under- and, uh, Val Venus has some like woman Pose as his wife on TV And his wife is like telling him what to do And it's the opposite of the big Val character and then Val Venus Undertaker having his Hell in a Cell match Two weeks later and, and Val Venus is just beating up the Undertaker until the Referee stops it like th- this is Hell in a Cell this is the same match where Mick Foley Lost teeth Mick Foley nearly Died in a match because he got Thrown off a cell through a table and then Chokeslammed through the cell when the cell broke and literally nearly died for this Hell in a Cell match. And then you're ending it in a disqualification. There was no bloodshed. There was no viciousness. It was Seth Rollins trying his best to look like a horror movie character. Gently hitting a 285 pound man dressed as a clown. Until the <laughs> ref steps in and says, oh, throw, throw it off. Throw it off. Th- th- ring the bell. Throw the match away. That's all we got. And... People defend this because, you know, someone in the community has said, oh, this is a masterpiece. Someone with a lot of influence trying to be (laughs) counterproductive.
0: Sorry, gone, gone. You know,
1: trying to be counterproductive. And that's kind of changed the narrative and skewed the way this match is looked at. And it's just, I don't know how anyone can watch this and see this is good. Uh, What was the case for this being a masterpiece? This created the the Messiah character?
0: Because because it... So Fiend changes his opponents and you could physically see Rollins changing to the dark side in this match or something. That was basically what the case was.
1: Jeez. Yeah, that's just brutal. Just brutal.
0: And I and I say to, once again, say, if you want to do that, it makes sense. It really does. Don't do it inside the cell. Why? This match had two weeks build and they just, they go and do that. Kevin, this is just... It's the worst match I've ever watched live. Like watching this live, I had like a sinking feeling in my gut. Like it's it, watching. I can I cannot describe how watching this live felt like. Like it, I've watched the 2015 Royal Rumble live. I've watched this live. This is exponentially worse. This makes the 2015 Royal Rumble look like Austin and Rock at WrestleMania 17. Th- this was 15 minutes I will never forget, and not for the good, not for good reasons. The fact that this is a quarter masterpiece is an absolute. Crying shame to takes in the wrestling community. is a joke. So, yeah, I, I, I'm done, Kevin. Um, that's been... Unless you have anything else to say?
1: No, no, we can close it.
0: Yeah, that's been the top 10 worst Hell in a Cell matches. And I think a trend we can see from this list, six through 10 are just kind of not memorable or, like, not good for, like, one, one way or another. And the top five are just dead. And number one, especially, is just... But it's a clear number one. There's no debating that that's the worst Hell and Cell match ever. So that's been the video. I hope you guys have enjoyed it. If you have, like, comment, sub. Make sure you sub to the Elite Heat channel. Go sub to Bonafide Heat. Sub to me if you're not. Sub to Kevin, all that kind of good stuff. Share the show around. Check us out on Anchor and uh, and uh uh Spotify, There, John, on our uh, podcasting journey. So, yeah, Kevin, unless you have anything else to say, I think we're done here.
1: That's it. We'll talk to you guys on the next one. Peace.